Welcome back to the Hardline. Enter at your own risk. Along with former Blues enforcer Cam Jansen, former Mizzou receiver TJ Moe, Henny Yates, and Matt Whitener, I am Eric Messersmith on the hard line, powered by Johnny Londoff Chevrolet. And joining us now on the Ryan Kelly phone lines is a friend of this program, the Colonel, Gabe DeArmond to PowerMizzou.com. How are you, sir? Not bad. What's up, guys? We are uh, we're doing well. So, Jonte Porter, it is official. Everybody knew he was coming to Mizzou, and he said he's yeah. going to come. What he did not say was when he will be there, either this fall or next fall. But if you read some of the quotes, it seemed to me, reading between the lines, that uh, he was at least leaning towards coming this year. Is that the sense you get? Yeah, I'd be really surprised if he didn't, honestly. Most of, it, most of the last couple months, we've expected that announcement to come after the Peach Jam, which would be in mid-July. But uh, when our guy Alex Schiffer talked to him last night, he said something pretty interesting. He said one of the drawbacks of waiting to announce that he is going to reclassify is that he wouldn't be able to get started in summer school and and do everything with Missouri. I think the uh, athletes come back. I think summer school starts June 3rd or June 5th, somewhere in that range. So, you know, that that decision might actually come sooner than expected. And, uh, you know, I was jokingly, kind of jokingly, texting some of my friends yesterday what they don't tell you in journalism school is that your life is about to become a series of events waiting for 17-year-olds to tweet. And so in that light, last night, Jonte, after he'd already made his commitment, tweeted another, like, stay tuned with the eyes emoji, which indicated there might be another announcement coming in the next few days. Gabe, I saw you guys re-ranked uh, his class, and he moved up from, I mean, he was like in the 50s before he, he had moved up into the 20s. Now he's ranked number 10. Uh, if he does reclassify, does he even get into these rankings at all? And if so, like how, how do the two classes compare? Would he be, have been in the top 10 for this, this uh, current class? I can't speak hypothetically. The way it would work is it, our rankings are finalized individually, and it, part of the reason for that is, there is so much code and so much work to be done just kind of behind the scenes. If you insert a kid at 10, then obviously numbers 10 through 149, you've got to redo everything about their pages. It's just a ton of stuff. So there's got to be some cutoff. And I think that deadline is passed. Our individual rankings are finalized. So if he were to reclassify, the way he would count is technically as an unranked five-star recruit. So he would impact the team rankings. It would probably put Missouri's recruiting class in the top five. But individually, he would technically not be ranked. So, Gabe, once he announces in one way or the other, is the class is pretty much set? Because they still have, what, one scholarship out there, right? But, but I mean, there's nobody yeah, else on the horizon that, that is, is a sort of a late flyer, right, that we know of. No, to our knowledge, he's going to either be here or he's not. And, again, we – fully expect he will be i mean that's conzo martin even said it like a booster club event in kansas city last week and obviously they can't talk about individual kids but he was discussing the kids who had signed and then kind of with a smile said and we might have one more i I mean this is all like it's all worked out however it's going to work out privately 
It just hasn't been obviously publicly said yet, but that's his scholarship. The roster's finalized. That's what it's going to be. Gabe, I'm, I'm looking at these guys, and, and I can't remember a time that they – I mean, they could have Porter Jr., who's six foot ten on the floor. They can have uh, Jonte Porter, who's six foot eleven on the floor, and they could have Tillman on the floor at, at six foot ten as well. Can you ever remember Mizzou having a lineup with three guys six ten or taller? No, I mean, I, I don't remember who played with Sammy and Simeon if they had like a six ten guy on that team. Uh, but, no, in all seriousness, no, I, I can't. Those are Kentucky-like figures. I mean, very few teams have one guy who's 6'10 or 11 and good at basketball, much less three. Um, and, and it's funny, what you laid out could actually happen because uh, Mike can play the three with relative ease. I think he can even play the two. Jonte is probably more of a, a power forward, more of a four, and Tillman's a pure center. So those guys could easily all three be on the floor at the same time. We're talking with Gabe DeArmond to PowerMizzou.com here on the hard line, powered by Johnny Landoff Chevrolet. How old are the the other Porter boys? And and are they, like the ones in high school, right? So we can start to get a read yeah. on how good he's going to be. Wasn't he the point guard on the state championship team with his older brothers? I, I don't think he started. Okay, um, but he played on the Co- team. Yeah, Coben will be a sophomore, and he's going to play at Tolton, I believe, this year. The other... The other, I, I don't know, one to three boys, I, I don't know. I, I don't even, there are three other porters. I don't even know if they're boys. <laughs> I think they I, are I, boys. I know nothing about them. Okay, but the the one who's in high school now, is he thought to be a, a, an elite recruit potentially? I mean, he plays for Mocan. I think he plays for the 15U team. You know, I saw him. He's got nowhere near the size of Mike and Jante at this point. I didn't watch him play because I was watching older kids. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know that anybody knows enough about him to say he's like this level, like a top 20 guy. But every it, that it, the way the family thing seemed to work, like everybody always says, the next one's better. Like, <laughs> you know, a lot of people thought Tyler was be- going to be better than Blaine, and now Brett Gavert's going to be really good. The rushes, like there was Duran, and then Kareem was supposed to be better, and then Brandon was supposed to be even better. That. I don't know if that ever works out to be true. Gabe, you're going to have to start scouting once the Porter family moves back to Columbia full-time some of these uh, rec league games with with these uh, grade school Porter kids, and I want full scouting reports on them. (laughs) If I get, like, a lifetime supply of the – at the snowy stand that they ran in Columbia last time they were here, I will consider it. Um, But other than that, you know, I'm more into scouting like the – I, I can give you, like, swim meet scouting reports that my 14-year-old swims out of you like that. There's <laughs> a big market for that, I think. Okay, what sort of run you think Mizzou's looking at here? I mean, you're probably going to lose Michael Porter Jr. next year, uh, and then you're going to lose Robertson. There's some there's some guys, but, but I mean, you, Jonte's probably going to be here. If he comes next year, he'll probably stay at least two years. I suppose we he think. could be good enough. Yeah, well. Uh, I, I mean, he's old enough. He could go pro next year if he's good enough. Mm-hmm. And then Tillman, who, you know, I was looking at his stuff for you guys at one time, had him ranked as a five-star. I, I know, I, I assume that he wouldn't go pro just based on being so raw, um, but he's another guy who has the, the talent to go pretty quickly if his game develops. What kind of run do you think they're looking at here? I mean, you, you would hope it's at least two years, but, but this, everybody that's mm-hmm. coming in right now could be gone within two years. Well, but the key really is, turning this into a program you know i mean ultimately in five to ten years we're going to look back at either and and the group i've compared this class to 
is the unforgettables at Kentucky in that uh, Richie Farmer, Sean Woods, all those guys that got Kentucky to that late in their game and got beat, um, they didn't win a, a title. They didn't even get to a Final Four. But they were the group that's always remembered as, you brought Kentucky back from probation and Eddie Sutton and just complete shame and as low as they've ever been. And you now, since then, Kentucky basketball has been what it is for 25 years, mostly, uh, with Patino and, and Calipari and all that. So in 10 years, we're either going to look at this group like that and, and say, look, they're the ones that got Missouri basketball back and maybe even elevated it, or we're going to look back and go, remember that one year when they had those guys? That was really cool. You know, obviously, Conzo Martin's job is to make sure we're doing the first and not the second. Gabe DeArmond with us here on the Ryan Kelly phone lines. Gabe, I, I admit I haven't been following uh, softball and baseball as closely as I should have, but I know that we're getting into the postseason for both, right? Give, give us an update where yeah. they're at. Well, Missouri softball's done. They lost their first two games in the NCAA tournament, finished 29-29. and 29. They were a team that, like, the, every SEC team that has a softball team made the – or school that has a softball team made the tournament. I, frankly, didn't really understand how Missouri did, but they made it. They lost their first two games. Uh, Missouri baseball is actually playing in the SEC tournament right now. When we, when you guys called, they were down 6-4 in the fourth to Texas A&M. They have to win today. They have to beat LSU tomorrow. If they do that, you can start having a discussion about whether they make the NCAA tournament. If they lose either of those games, uh, they're really probably very little chance. Gabe, it looks like they went up 8-6 to six in the top of the fourth now, too. Over there you the go. It is, a, uh, it is a pitcher's duel in Hoover. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at least the opener is supposed to be like that's when everybody throws their ace. Like Tanner Houck's pitching for – Missouri, I don't know enough about college baseball to know who Texas A&M's ace is, but I assume he's pitching. Uh, so pitching gets, like, progressively worse, and by the time you get to the title game of these conference tournaments, like dudes that didn't even start games during the year are pitching the most critical innings. Uh, so those are the games that are supposed to be 8-6 in the fourth. Gabe, because random sports trivia just is, is is a passion, I looked up to see if there were any other 6-10 guys on that team with Simeon and Sammy Haley, and Derek Grimm was 6-9 on that team. So at least there's, there a, you little, go. there's so, a little bit of precedence here. So Although, if the Porter brothers and Jeremiah Tillman end up to be the Haley's and Buck Grimm, how happy will Missouri fans be? <laughs> Gabe, before we let you go, I did want to ask you a little bit about the football team because obviously the sp spring's over now and, and we're waiting for fall practice and we're kind of in that dead period, still recruiting going on and some things. But are you more optimistic than you were a month or two ago about the, the football team? And do you think there's a legitimate chance that they could be the surprise team of the SEC this year? Well, I think there's a legitimate chance they could be a surprise team because I think most people will pick them last um, and will pick them to go like four and eight or five and seven because, frankly, preseason football is the laziest thing in the world. <laughs> Everybody looks at the record last year, how many guys are coming back, and then just kind of assumes from there. I mean, I saw. Uh, top 25 came out yesterday. Texas is number 13 in the country. You, come on. <laughs> every year. You know, I mean, if Texas finishes number 13, good for them, and I'll say I was wrong. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but, yeah, I think they can be a surprise team. Now, do I think they're playing in Atlanta? No. Um, I think they'll win seven games. Could go up one, down one. Um, I, I think they'll be good enough that, that certainly you see some signs of progress. Um, which is what they need, especially with this in-state class. And we were over in St. Louis this weekend, 
watching a lot of these 2018 kids and, and four of them got invited to our like elite camp for the top 100, 150 players in the country. So uh, that, that's what they've got to do. And, and I look at the schedule and I see seven and five, but I could see six. I could see eight. Anything less than six is, uh, would be extremely disappointing. We, we had the debate before, I remember, at the, at the end of the uh, Kim Anderson era, what would happen first, Mizzou winning a, a conference championship in football or basketball? And at that point, I definitely would have said football. Now, I, I don't, it's probably not even a question, right? It's got to be basketball. Well, I mean, I would almost always say basketball because it's just so much easier to turn around, and basketball is more random. There are more upsets, and, you know, I can see – I can see this Missouri team on the right night beating Kentucky um, more easily than I can see this Missouri football team on the right night beating Alabama. Yeah, basketball, not only now should be the answer, it should almost always be the answer. That Missouri, anyway. Gabe, thank you for the time, man, and the info. As always, we appreciate it. All right, guys, have a good one. Gabe DeArmond at PowerMizzou.com and Rivals.com on Twitter at Gabe DeArmond, joining us on the Ryan Kelly phone lines. 855-282-8255 on the text line if you want to weigh in on anything we've talked about so far. Well, we have a few minutes. The NFL is no longer the no-fun league, guys. They, they finally wised up. You know, I, you know I am pro-fun. Like, if there's several things about me, I'm opposed to beating women, and I'm pro-fun. You think beating I've women always, is fun? No, no, I'm saying I'm opposed to that, but I'm, I'm pro-fun. I'm just giving examples of things I'm for or against. I, no, I'm anti that, but I'm pro-fun in sports. And so I support this move. In foot, they are going to allow them to gasp, use the ball as a prop again, to have multiple player ce- what are, multiple player celebrations. What are we going to do with the children? What will we tell the children when they say these see these professionals celebrating with sportsmanship? Well, here's the irony in the whole thing: the first guy that jumps out and says something against it is Marvin Lewis, who drafted Joe Mixon a couple weeks ago. What did Marvin he, Lewis uh, say? Against Marvin, it? Marvin Lewis said he doesn't think it teaches good lessons oh. to young people. Get the hell out of here. Of but signing people who have, Punching shall girls. we say, checkered passes, okay. Punching girls and Picklemans don't, doesn't teach young people too much either, but you know. Why'd you have to throw Picklemans in there? He could have punched her anywhere. Yeah, Subway. <laughs> don't be hating on Picklemans. I, I love Picklemans. I don't care where he punched her. <laughs> Pickleman's is real. I love Pickleman's. Punch right in the head. I'll tell you I like it too, but Maddie was just trying to be factually well, accurate. Don't be factual. Well, okay, be factually accurate and leave out the location. TJ, uh, TJ, I am an, a serious journalist. I am not. I take my job very serious. And I do not. Putting details <laughs> into play is important. And although that is a delicious buffalo chicken it sandwich is. they have. Gosh, there. I had it yesterday. No joke, I did. It's, it's really good. Um, it's better than Joe Mixon. Yeah, they probably will be. Uh, Eric, here's, here's why they did it. Because guys like T.O. and Chad Johnson or Ocho Cinco or whatever he changed his name to today, and Joe Horn took it way overboard. True. And so that is why it went that way. Eventually, now they've swung back. Guess who's out of the league? T.O., Ocho Cinco, yeah. Joe Horn. Eric. They waited until those guys were gone. They stopped taking the, these Sharpies out of their socks. They stopped hiding the cell phone in the goalpost. They stopped going and taking the cheerleaders' pom-poms. And they stopped throwing popcorn in their face. And guess what happened? We can give you a little more leniency now, okay? Don't test them because but, they will take away your fun. They're like parents, right? They will but, take don't away go overboard fun. here. But do you like it when, they, when they, the guy held his, his cell phone and he held a – did you like that? Yes, I did. But I understand that you can go too far. So these rules are okay. These rules will eliminate them if they're prolonged and delay the game, which I absolutely support. I like celebrations, but you shouldn't be able to hold up the game. So if, they, if they're prolonged or delay the game, if they disrespect an opponent, and if they're quote-unquote offensive, I can live with that. Oh, I, I think listen, those are reasonable The NFL went with 
Give them an inch, they'll take a mile, so they had to take away the inch. That's what happened. Give them an inch, let them celebrate, take away the mile. Guess what's harmless? The bob and weave. Guess what's not harmless? The stuff T.O. did running to the center of the star yes. to make sure he got knocked out. See, okay? I, I want to see that. <laughs> I want to see That's that. That's the XFL, and that worked exactly. out great. I want to see the that. XFL failed after a year. Well, I'm starting up a new one, a steroid league. I Are you? Yes. <laughs> that yes. was a steroid league. I don't know if you, they just <laughs> yeah. didn't call it that. The only thing I don't like, according to this ESPN article, as a result, twerking is still expected to be penalized. The Steelers wide receiver Antonio Eric. Brown. Eric. So apparently you cannot twerk because, again, Eric. what would we tell the Listen, children? Three, what would we tell the children? Three pumps, Eric. Three, yeah, Two is allowed. <laughs> We've seen that. It's three pumps three that gets pumps. you a penalty. Matt, because there are no cheerleaders at these games that dance provocatively, right? They're Eric, not. They're not hip thrusting. Eric, you want to take out all physicality, but you want twerking. I fun. want twerking and fun. I am pro fun, Cam. <laughs> I am pro fun in sports. I am pro twerking. You, you know what's fun? Going across the middle and somebody getting their head knocked off. That's fun. <laughs> yes. Well, unless yes. they're concussed and they have I, Alzheimer's and die. You know who's going to get concussed? <laughs> Antonio Brown if he keeps twerking. Yeah. Somebody's going to punch him. I don't want to see Antonio Brown twerk, but I wouldn't mind seeing him get laid out coming across <laughs> the metal. I 100% agree. Just let them police their own game. Let them twerk and let them well, police They can't it. fight, so you can't police it. Yeah, you can. How? Just go knock him down. Okay. I want to see that. What are talking about? Well, Eric says he doesn't want any physicality. I do want physicality no, you don't. within the rules. I want physicality <laughs> no, yeah. within listen, the rules Listen, of listen, the listen, game. listen, listen. That there has to be rules on celebrating, or else guys will run. It'll it'll turn into European soccer. Everybody will yeah. take their shirts off and run around, and it'll it'll just be the worst thing ever. There have to be limitations. It's rare I say this, but I actually agree with you, TJ. Thank Even you. someone who's as pro fun as me does. I do agree there do need to be some limitations. I would like to see twerking though be uh, be allowed because there's pro twerking. There's a few schools of thought like, hey, you've never done it before. You're elated. This is the one time in your life you're going to score a touchdown. I get that. There's also the you're a professional football player. And I look you just it. scored a touchdown. They pay you to do that <laughs> i look at what, what reaver did it, look, if you get into a fight in hockey and you, you get done and you're just emotionally just i mean you can't control yourself but it's another thing whenever you look at the camera and you blow a kiss to the the opposite team or something like that's that. taunting now, yeah listen, raw emotions raw emotion i did some things too and i just couldn't help myself but to really choreograph something where you look at a bench and you blow a kiss after you beat somebody then that's like okay man I, or i hate that i hate it johnny manzel flipped the bird to the other sideline like come on <laughs> yeah. and like to hannah's point yeah you could police yourself i want them to police themselves it's just a lot it's a lot different in in, in football it's just like you gotta it's what, gotta be the perfect okay listen to do it, when know? you let them police themselves uh i'm blanking on his name you you the cowboy safety who knocked out T.O. when he ran to the oh that's called policing yourselves yeah. in football and that gets you suspended and fined i forget who that was gosh he was great too it was I Roy think Williams. it was Roy Williams. Roy yeah. Williams. Okay, so oh, he, when he went all the way to the okay. First, what he did was because because uh, I think they've changed it now, but they used to have the Cowboys helmet. Oh no, I think they still do the Cowboys helmets and the little star on the helmet in the end zone. So yeah. the first time Tio went inside the end zone, he went and stood on the helmet and did his little thing. The next time he scored again that game, he decided it wasn't good enough, so he sprints to the <laughs> fifty yard line. And and somebody did that in between too. One of the Cowboys players did that, right? Well, it's okay. A Cowboys player always used to do that. because yeah. that, that was a woman. Tio decided he wanted to do that, so he went, and Roy Williams lit yeah. him. And then the whole t- listen. If that happens today, guys are swinging, oh, right? Yeah. It's like you can't it, it's, it, you can't police yourself the same way, obviously, in hockey, right? We watched um, in the old days, uh, it was uh, Deion Sanders go after it. Was it Andre Reid? 
those two got into it. Uh, I, I can't remember if Dion got into a fist fight with somebody, and then even even more recently than that, you had um, Andre Rison. Oh, and, Andre Rison. I'm sorry. And Andre Johnson got in a fist Andre fight Johnson, with somebody. Andre Johnson, Cortland Finnegan. Yeah, that's yeah, right. So you can't do that in football, right? You take your helmets off and swing at guys. That doesn't work. No. Uh, but so you can't police yourselves in that way. What you can do is take somebody's head off across the middle, unless you let Eric make the rules. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I we loved, don't want that. I loved Roger Goodell's comment. Like he's such a robot. This was his statement. We know that you love the spontaneous display of emotion that come after a spectacular touchdown. And players have told us they want more freedom to be able to express themselves and celebrate their athletic achievement. He is a robot. Uh, I love that. You love spontaneous displays of emotions, you human beings. I don't know what those are, but you human beings seem to like Like, them. Stop it. Stop it. You think he wrote that? Nah, probably Come on. not. No, he probably doesn't not. even run his own account. <laughs> yes, right. He did not write that. It, the NFL made a couple other uh, role changes today. Overtime will now be 10 minutes maximum um, instead of 15. Do we have stats on this? Because I was trying to figure out what, like, there's a couple ties. There were four, what was it, four games last year that went beyond the 10 minutes. That was the most in a long time. So that's why they did it. It's, it, it's, it's seldom. Overtime, it's like, we, we do this thing. We're so reactionary. Like, yeah. look over time and see, are, are games going this far? And over? We've had a few more ties than we're used to. Okay, well, and how is five minutes helping anybody? You know what you're doing? You're saving probably a grand total of 22 minutes right. on the season. You're doing nothing. And then this is between 32 teams. I would you're like saving to, 22 minutes. I would like to see the 10-minute overtime, but, but it, you don't um, end the game no on a score. You, no, you play the 10-minute overtime until the end of it, no matter what happens, and you just play it out the whole way through. That's what I would like to see, a 10-minute overtime. I don't like this rule where if a team scores a touchdown, it's automatically over. Just let them play the full 10 minutes. And see what happens. There'd be, there'd be more ties. Um, there might be a few. Yeah, there be might more be ties. A few. The, the NFL is doing everything they can to in, encourage no ties. Couple, and, of, and you're trying and, to encourage and, and, ties. And God bless them for it because I hate ties. I do I too. <laughs> so you could, that, that is why they don't have because that just encourages another overtime. You can hit a last second field goal. You can have, instead of when you score. And, that, and and we didn't like before when you score. We felt like it was unfair, even though the NFL. There's nothing fair about the NFL to start with. Listen, but, I, I want my rules still. If you play overtime out, it's tied. Put one guy on the goal line. Put another guy on the goal line. The have him run middle. full speed to the 50-yard <laughs> line. And whoever gets there first, if he can knock the ball out of the hand of the guy that gets there first, they win. <laughs> on the text line before we go to break, uh, Ward Cleaver says, Cam, don't you get enough from Doug Vaughn twerking? Oh, yeah, I do. And that's why I, I don't want to see anybody can else. You, can you ever get enough of Doug Vaughn twerking? No, mm. you can't. I don't either. No, I don't think so either. But Antonio Brown's a different story. Fresh Squeeze Lemming says, dude, Cam, the NFL should have twerking for a goal celebration. That will bring back fighting. It would bring back fighting. It would bring back fighting. Exactly right. No, I get that. No, you got a great point there. Twerk all, all you want. Twerk all you want. I want to see some brawls. <laughs> can you I bitch do. slap a robot? Ward Cleaver wants to know. Because I said Roger Goodell. I don't see why not. One other rule the NFL did, which I think was really smart. If a guy is has a concussion, they can put him on an exempt list and then not have to use a roster spot for that yeah. week. Which that is that because you do not want to encourage guys to to flaunt the concussion rules. You want to do everything you can. So if a guy legitimizes a concussion. The team isn't penalized because of that, and they they don't lose a roster spot. The it's still guys are still going to fight it because specific. I mean, there's there's very few guys on the roster that have like guaranteed spots. So if somebody comes in and plays better, then you don't want to be that guy that's just allowing somebody else to come in and play. They they made another rule today that I think helps nothing. That is, they are taking away the cut from 90 to 75. Now it's going from 90 straight down to 53, and I'm not sure how that helps anybody. All it does is now crowd the room in preseason game number four, where you really need to see these last. 
20 guys to see where they're going to fit. I, that doesn't make sense that. to me. No. Well, the reason they did it is because in that, and, and we got to go to break, but in, in that fourth game, you have teams don't play anybody that's going to start in the regular season. And so when you only have 75 guys and you're not playing 30 of them, you have very few bodies left. So that's, that's what you want, though. Yeah, but then you're in a situation where you just don't okay, have a lot of Let me of tell bodies. you from experience, 90, and, and even so, because it, most guys are only playing the first quarter anyway, but you were talking about. So the last three quarters, with 90 guys and even take out 30, 60 is way too many. You're filling out a roster with 46 guys that can play, and you play every game. You Like, when you're trying to make the roster, you're playing on every special team, and you're playing your position. It shouldn't be an issue. It's never been an issue. I don't know why it is. that it, it, The more crowded you make it, the harder it is for those final guys, because they've already got it weeded down. Uh, for those final guys to make the roster. I, I don't agree with it. It's the hard line on Powered by Johnny Londoff Chevrolet here on 590 The Fan. For everything you want to know, for everything you need to know, live on radio, here's Matt Rocchio with the Hardline News Update. Cardinals in L.A. You start a three-game series against the Dodgers. First pitch is set for 9 p.m. Central tonight. This is the first of seven games in ten days between these two clubs as this three-game series will be followed by a four-game series at Bush. Tonight will be Lance Lynn taking on Clayton Kershaw. A little change in the Cardinals' bullpen as reliever Tyler Lyons has been activated from the disabled list. Sam Tuivalalau was optioned down to AAA Memphis. Following up on our update with Gabe a little bit earlier, Mizzou has pushed out to a 9-6 lead over Texas A&M in the top of the fifth inning between those two teams. And NFL News today, the other big Note coming out of the NFL owners meeting, they voted unanimously to move the 2021 Super Bowl from L.A. to Tampa Bay after earlier this week the news about the delay in the Rams stadium. L.A. will still receive the 2022 Super Bowl. And other NFL news, unfortunately, Seahawks legend and Pro Football Hall of Famer Cortez Kennedy has passed away at age 48, according to the Orlando Police Department. I'm Matt Rocchio with your 590 Sports Report. Thank you, Rock. Almost 70% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck and have less than 1000 bucks in their bank account. The Home Loan Expert team can help you save a few hundred dollars a month and skip a few months of your mortgage payment. Let them help you stop living paycheck to paycheck. Ryan Kelly and the Home Loan Expert team work hard so that you don't have to. If you're looking to refinance or purchase a new home, why would you go anywhere else? Just call Ryan at 314-781-9700 or visit online at thehomeloanexpert.com. Former Cardinal Alan Bennis will join us next. It's the Hardline, powered by Johnny Londoff Chevrolet. 590 The Fan, 105.7 HD2 FM, and InsideSTL.com.